Hello and welcome SJHL fans to maybe the final CAA road report as uh, Jacob Faith here with Jamie Neugebauer. We are heading to Estevan on the highway to Game 7 of the SJHL Championship. And um, I, I know Nugsy here is, is itching at the bit to talk about some Game 7 hockey. We are so excited for tonight. I'm sure all you fans are as well. It's going to be awesome. Um, before we get going, quick reminder that Game 7 will be available on Sastel Max Channel 48 and 348. Um, and I'm sure many of you are coming into the rink as well. But Nugsy, we got Game 7 on our hands. How excited are you? I'm so excited. I think the bi it's a big difference. And my wife actually asked me this question over breakfast. What's the difference between this one and the other Game 7 that you called, which I'll get into... Uh, and I guess in a bit, but um, well, no, I'll just I'll just tell the people what the other game <laughs> seven I was involved with was the uh, 2015 Ontario Junior Hockey League Championship went to seven games. Team I worked for at the time, the Toronto Patriots, uh, which had a young man named Mario Ferraro, who's now on the San Jose Sharks, on the blue line, plus you know four other eventual Division One NCAA defensemen. And plus all sorts of stacked forwards, plus a goalie that went on uh, and is part of, uh, you know, the I believe the Buffalo Sabres organization right now. He's played for the in the Minnesota Wild system and went on to play for the University of Minnesota. But anyways, that's a long story. Uh, they played the Kingston Voyageurs in Game 7 at home. Uh, so the difference, of course, for that was that's a team I work for, and now I'm a complete neutral. So I slept perfectly fine last night. <laughs> Versus last that one where my heart was pounding all night and I couldn't sleep. How about you, Jacob? How was your sleep last night? Um, well, first off, I, I don't believe that you were able to get any sleep last night, Newsy. <laughs> if, if I know anything about you, I know that you you live and breathe uh, this this league this series. And uh, now now we got Game Seven, but um, yeah, I am I am super excited as well. And and obviously Game Seven, there the, the difference between this game and and all the other games this series is. Uh, you know what? There's no looking back. There's no second chances now. These guys have played for for months and months on end for this game and this moment right here. Um, Estevan took a 2-0 series lead, and Flintflon has been battling back ever since. Um, Nugsy, let's let's get into it here. I think I think the story. You know what? Maybe the, the, there's many different stories, I suppose, to this series. But you know, just as a whole, the the story is that the home team has won every game in the, in the first six games of this series and um, Estevan obviously with uh, the, 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 the best record in the regular season they have the right to play game seven at home um, what, what do you think the atmosphere is going to be like tonight Nuxi? do you think that there's going to be you know a, a bona fide home ice advantage when it comes to a game seven um, your, your thoughts on you know game seven tonight and what the atmosphere is going to be like yeah, the atmosphere is going to be bonkers, and the amount of people that have reached out to me for tickets, the amount of people that I know have reached out to you for tickets, yeah. the amount of people that have reached out to everybody who has some sort of stake in the game in this province, and I'm sure, you know, in different parts of Manitoba, and around, really, North America to get tickets for this one game in Estevan, Saskatchewan, is just bonkers, so... You know what? It's gonna be it's gonna be a, a zoo. It's gonna be a circus. I've heard uh, I don't know, all sorts of interesting and fun things are planned in terms of fan uh, experience. 
by Adam Shirley, the marketing manager for the Bruins and his team, uh, which is really cool. Um, and I think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Then now, now I, the, the the question about the game itself, uh, I think it'll be nervous. You know, I think what we saw at the beginning of Game Six might be you know the whole game to be honest. The first period of Game Six in the Whitney with the cup in the building, the the, the Bombers a little tentative because they know if they don't figure it out then they're done. If the Bruins tentative because they know they could win the championship if they take this. Uh, and I think it's nervous, and I think that's what we kind of learned from the 2017-18 championship that also went to Game 7 that also included the Estevan Bruins. That time, the Bruins were on the road. They were in Nipawin at the cage. That must have been bananas, uh, and it was nervous. It was a tentative game, and Josh McDougall, uh, who went on to Mercyhurst University D1, scored the winner on a Nipawin power play the third period imagine that winning the game winner on the third period on the power play pretty cool uh, i'm sure if you're an Ippowin fan not so cool if you're an estevan fan uh, but i expect it to be uh, to be to be rocking when it's when it needs to be rocking and and nervous at, at times you know i kind of expect it to be uh, noisy when a goal goes in but maybe like a hush over the crowd uh, when when it uh, when the game's kind of just going about its course and, and i think that's you know, kind of par for the course uh, in big games. It, it's kind of nerve-wracking. I don't know, what do you think? Do you think maybe it's going to be a classic Game 7, Jacob, or the fact that these teams have kind of gone at it and scored lots of goals in this series maybe will make it a less than normal Game 7? Well, what's what's interesting, you, you say that these teams have scored a lot of goals, but particularly the Bombers have scored a lot of goals, but only at home. So, So I'm interested to see... You know what, we, we, we talk about the nervous energy. I'm interested to see if that nervous energy is also with the fans as well. Um, like the fans are gonna be rocking of course, but like game seven, you know what, like the, the players are scared to make a mistake, but I wonder if the fans are, are you know, gonna be, be a little, um, you know, tentative to really get rocking until that first goal kind of goes in, which is what we saw in Flint Flon as well for game six. The, uh, the the first obviously the the atmosphere in the Whitney incredible, but the roof didn't really blow off that thing until the first goal, which I suppose is understandable. But uh, but with you know the the cup in the building, either way, it's getting handed out tonight. But for for the last time by President Bill Chow, um, shout out to him. But it's it's going to be fun, and you know what I think I think home ice advantage is a big deal possibly for the first six games of a series but when it goes to that seventh game when everyone is laying it on the line I, I, I really don't know how much um, a home ice advantage really is obviously the fans are, are at your back and momentum can swing like that but uh, but these teams like you said they've played each other six times in the last couple weeks with the seventh coming tonight they know each other um, and, and they know momentum swings in this series and and how to and how to hold on to those so, so when you get to a game seven, I, I you know what, it, it could be a little different. You make it, you make great points, Jacob, and and uh, two things I want to say right now. One is that Rory made a beautiful point. Yeah, what, when was it? Uh, game? I think it was. I think it was game four. Maybe he made this beautiful point on the broadcast about, you know, we've dealt with COVID, and as a league, we've dealt, you know, dealt with the crash, and then the year after that was about, you know, trying to figure out how we move forward after the crash, and. Now, you know, obviously this two years of pandemic, 
everybody missing it and all the drama with that and then to start the year you have you know all the difficulty of the anti anti-masking and the masking pro-masking and vaxes and how many people are coming and had a, a crisis about you know the attendance because of all that and you know everything we've kind of been through it almost feels like we've emerged on this other side and we almost deserve this like yeah. we've been through uh, a real battle with this to you know to to get everything going and with this beautiful game of ours to have events like this and and mm-hmm. you know missed out on a bunch and saw how much that meant and um you know i think i think part of the emotional response we're seeing from everybody has something to do with that has something to do for sure with the passion communities have for this league and obviously people have for this game in both manitoba and saskatchewan just kind of the prairies in general even though obviously we were up in flin flon and that's not the prairies but you know what i mean and uh so that that was uh that was one point the second point that comes to mind right now is i was doing my game prep and i'm still you know constantly doing it and constantly think having a thought oh i should check that look up that you know have it in my back pocket um especially for a game like this every game but especially for a game like this and and it kind of don't came to me with the thought that of course i need to do all this work and i'm and i'm enjoying it but also none of it matters (laughs) because because you know the power plays how they've done what does it matter you know cal shell and below us their numbers have been great they've both been excellent in this finals but who cares like Mm -hmm. you throw everything out everything out for this game yeah. Uh, and and you got to have a clear mind and a clear heart to steal kind of steal you know from Friday night lights like you have to have a full heart to play in this game if you can't get up for this game you should probably try to find a different profession in your life yeah <laughs> cuz yeah. it's game 7 of the finals but uh, you know Jake it was kind of funny getting doing my prep I was like you know this is all good to have but you know, none of it really matters when the puck drops. Right. So it's gotta be. It was an interesting process. Um, I don't know what was preparing for you like. Well, you know what? It's uh, it's it's you know, like you said, there's really not all that much. You know that you you throw it all out. Obviously, yeah. you do you do a lot more talking on the broadcast right. than I do. I, I just kind of check the pulse of the player. So there's not not as much prep to do. Um, but one thing that I kind of you know was was taking a look at and wondering about is uh, th- there There are a couple guys on the Estevan Bruins that have been a part of a, a league final game seven. Um, Boston Belois, uh, the goaltender of the Bruins, um, was on the bench, the backup goalie, for game seven of the WHL finals back in Prince Albert a couple of years ago. Um, and Eric Pierce was on that team as well. And you mentioned to me that uh, Coach Tatarnik has been um, a part of a couple of game sevens um, back in, in his other leagues that he's coached for, Game 7 of, of his league finals. So um, I, I, I'm wondering, you know, I, I want to ask you, like, what, you know, what, what can you learn from those Game 7s that you've previously been a part of? And, and you know, obviously the experience is, is good to have, but how much of that can carry over and the preparation and, and knowing what to expect from a league final Game 7? Um, I don't believe anyone on Flinflon has any of that experience, and like we said, a, a couple prominent players of of the Bruins and the coach. So, so what do you think about that? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. I think I think a lot of guys maybe haven't had junior game seven big game experience like this, but all, all these kids have played in tournament finals. Uh, you know, I remember talking to Cal Shell, the Flinflon goalie, about uh, you know championships that he was part of. In minor hockey, 
Um, but yeah, I, I think I think once you're once you're once you're once you you know until you're a part of something like this, then you don't really know how you're gonna respond. It's almost like when you you know, you talk to soldiers who maybe fought in World War World War Two or or whatever war, you know, like they're like they don't know how they're gonna respond. And obviously, that's way more serious and way more important and meaningful than than what what these players are doing tonight. But uh, you don't know how you're gonna respond in a in a moment that's kind of like this, right? Um, and, and, until you've been there. So to to for for Eric Pierce, you know, to say, you know, hey, I've been in that specific moment, in that specific situation, and I did well, I did okay. Like that's huge for your confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I think confidence is is you know absolutely everything. One of the things that I try to talk to you know the Notre Dame Hounds boys about, um, you know when when you know when I, taking a bit of a player personnel role, I guess there to some degree. And one thing I talk about is you know you, you have your availability. You need to be available. You need to be healthy. Uh, you need to be mentally healthy. That's number one. Number two, you need to be humble in this game. You need to know that you need your teammates. You know that you need that you always need to learn and grow and get better. Uh, you never arrived at your ultimate best you can be. You never arrived. Even Sidney Crosby is always working on something. So, you know you need that that humility. But the third thing is that confidence, and you always need confidence. And how you find that is, you know, experience is one of the ways you can find that. So, how do you deal with it if you don't have any experience? It is an interesting question. Um, you know, you, you just got to remember, I guess, that it's just a hockey game at the end of the day. And this best Finflon team's got to feel like if they play their game, they do the things that they do the right way, then they definitely have a shot, uh, even though the home team hasn't lost. And the home team didn't lose Game 7 in that Nippon Estevan series. And the last time before that, between Yorkton and LaRange back in 2011, the home team didn't lose that Game 7 either. Right. So... You know, get, certainly the home ice advantage element has got to be nice for the Estevan Bruins. You slept in your own bed and, you know, you hate the food you're used to. Your routine is the same. You know, the rink is the same. The boards are the same. So I think at the at the end of the day, uh, you know, basically my answer is you, if you, you, you take the confidence you can from where you can find it. And Pearson below us, knowing that they've been in that type of an atmosphere, got to take that confidence and it's got to just matter a little bit less... Uh, a little bit less for everybody else. What's some of your favorite? Uh, what's or if you have one game seven memory that you uh, that you remember? Um, you know what? Gr- growing up playing hockey, um, I, like like you said, I, I was a part of many tournament finals and, and league finals. Um, when I was looking back on it, I don't I don't know if I was ever a part of a, a seven game series that went to seven, uh, let alone a league final. But um, there was there's provincial championships, there was city championships. Um, not only in hockey, but but in, in baseball and in, and in football as well. And um, those, that's what that's what you play the game for. That's what that's what you have. You know, the, the whole season to prepare for, and you, you prepare for this moment. Um, but I suppose uh, I, I suppose this is this is the biggest game of all of these guys' lives. Either way, like um, you know, maybe a, a midget triple A game that went to game seven for one of these guys might have went to game seven on a league championship, but. This is a whole nother animal. This will be uh, the biggest crowd that the SJHL has seen. Um, I, I, I don't know, maybe ever, I guess. Um, def- definitely this season. Um, so, so I guess, like you said, there, there is no way to prepare for these guys. 
um, and and from my experience going into into a championship game and um, it's it, it's the once you start feeling the game out I think like you said it's just another hockey game but it's it's that start that the start of the game the first 10 minutes you'll be interested to see who has I think you'll be able to tell who has the butterflies who has the jitters um, and and who doesn't and, and who's ready to play yeah well you know it's very interesting you mentioned that and I think one of the things that I've really uh, been impressed by the Estevan Bruins all year long uh, and what kind of made me, I don't know, pick them, I guess, before this all started, to win in the finals was the fact that they looked at everything in such a professional, a cool, cold, kind of unemotional manner. And not to play, say that they don't play with a ton of emotion, because they definitely do, uh, but there was a attitude, I think, that things are not going to rattle this group. And I think it's a swagger they had. They had a swagger, that's yeah. it, right. And they had a confidence. And, and, I mean, and I'm saying all this in a positive light. I'm saying all this in a confidence. And I think, you know, a couple losses at the showcase, for example, back in Warman, you know, Jason Tatarnik wasn't going to worry about that. You know, game one... Uh, loss against Notre Dame he wasn't going to worry about that and then now game seven you know you know I asked uh, you know I asked their broadcaster Nolan Cole what uh, you know what the, kind of the, the vibe was driving to, to Flint Flon or from yeah, from Flint Flon I should say to Estevan on the bus and quite confidence you know Eric Houck the captain just is perfect for this type of a situation yeah. calm composed you know, and in that in, in that kind of vein of thought, in that vein of being confident and composed and calm, you're able to see the situation clearly. You're able to not waste all that energy getting yourself too fired up, so that you can use the energy when the game is on. So, right. you know, I think that's kind of been the mo for the Estevan Bruins all year long, um, and that you know also that starts and stops with the Boston below us as well in net. Now, on the flip side, Jacob. How much do you feel like the the Flint Flon Bombers, whether it's true or not, how much do you feel like they've embraced the underdog role based on the way that they've played? Well, yeah, you say that underdog role, and, and I think they were, you know, whether whether they want to admit it or they want to believe it or not, they were the underdogs coming into this series. And then especially after the first two games in Esteban, we talked about the swagger that the Bruins had. Um, and. and on the flip side, I think it was like a, a scrappy underdog mentality for the Flint Flon, or yeah, for the Flint Flon Bombers, um, and it's been it's been really fun to watch. The uh, it's it's not David Goliath by any means, but it's definitely you know the the um, you know the, the league champions in the regular season uh, versus you know the the little guys from the way far north in, in the Flint Flon Bombers, and um, they've they've been able to you know keep themselves not only composed but they've been you know humble and, and determined in their own right after they, they got that big win in game three which might have turned that series around and then they pumped them game four and then it's been back and forth um so i i, I think that they did have or well m whether or not they admitted it at, want to admit it that they definitely did have an underdog mentality and and it shows in the way they play in in you know the the selfless blocks and you know do, doing everything they can for the team not saying Estevan doesn't do that but it just seems the the attitudes from both these teams and the way they carry themselves um, n neither is the wrong way 
but uh, it's it's quite the quite the stark comparison uh, between the two teams and, and the way they're they're handled and the way they're managed and the way they've been performing. Um, but when when it comes to a game seven, there is no such thing as an underdog. Um, I think if if there's anyone with momentum coming into this game seven, it's probably Flimflon after after the game six win. But Estevan's obviously gonna gonna stay water with what they've been doing all year with that confidence that they have and and they know that they can score at any time and they know that they can win a, a game against anyone anytime and um it's 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 all up to tonight for them so what is if we zoom in a little bit on the game what is the matchup what is the element of the game that you feel like is the most important and i'll let you think about that while i give my answer Sure. If that's cool. Sure. Um, but I, I, I think that the real game within the game has been special teams. Yeah. And I think the real game within the game is the fact that the Estevan Bruins came into this finals with a penalty kill, the likes of which I've never seen in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. I spoke to Jason Tarnick a lot about it in the first round. And coming into the playoffs and then again coming into the finals, you know, that he puts a lot of thought into this penalty kill. He's put a lot of work into this penalty kill. And to be a frank, the Flint Fond Bombers have found a way to beat it. Yeah. Uh, you know, a big part of that is the magic in the midst of Jaden Mercier. I think that's been a big element to it. And, you know, him with Kuzma and Smith have just been, you know, how do I, I guess, I guess as a broadcaster, you can use hyperbole sometimes, exaggeration. They've been unplayable at times. That line has just been dynamite certainly the best line in the playoffs so far right. and the finals especially so uh you know they that, that chemistry is part of it um you know on the flip side the estevan bruins power play have not really found a way to beat the flin flon pk we saw the flin flon penalty kill against humboldt which is also another excellent you know power play team uh, not as good as uh, as a power play team as the last year humboldt broncos was looking like with you know, Luke Spadafora and Jared Penner and Logan Kirky and the list goes on, that would have been ridiculous. That power play would have clicked, you know, at, in the mid-30s maybe in the regular season. They were insane. But still, Scott Barney can always coach a power play and there were plenty of weapons and the Bombers totally, totally shut that humble Broncos power play down. Um, and I think they've done a tremendous job. You know, it kind of starts with Gabriel Shipper setting the tone, being able to block a shot, get in your face... Uh, and then the, you know when the Bronx, when the Bruins try to get set up, they're not the first team to the, uh, getting the puck out of those scrums, out of those board battles, especially you know in the Whitney Forum. Something that the Estevan Bruins have done all year, at the very least, is they've won those board battles using their immense strength that the Bruins have. Those forwards are very, very strong. You know, Rumsey and Pearson, Hauk and Runke, etc. You go down the list. There's a lot of strength and a lot of intelligence there. So. You know, the, the special teams battle is always what Whether you can stay out of the box is job one and then killing penalties. Who has the more power play goals in this game is going to win if there if there are any. And that's, that's, that's step one. That's what we've seen through the finals. So what's your matchup, Jacob? I, I, th I think that's a great answer. Um, I, I, would say, I would say the key, um, going back to game five for, for the SFM Bruins, I think the key for them, they... They get traffic in front, but those those shots from the point were just getting blocked pretty much every time until, you know, with 5.8 seconds left, that shot got through. Yeah. So if, if they can get bodies in front and they can somehow get those pucks through those bodies, um, I, I think that 
that's how they've been able to get goals on the terrific Cal Shell, the way he's been playing all series. And and if, if things aren't going well for them in the first period, they gotta you know keep keep the energy up and keep going with that. Um, and, and when it comes to the Flint Flon Bombers, I think they've been they've been able to play a more physical style of game at home on that smaller ice. So if they can, you know, take those extra two steps and still play as physical as they can, I think that's maybe the biggest difference between um, the, the Bombers team we've seen in Flon and the Bombers team we've seen in Estevan. So if they can keep the level of intensity and physicality in Estevan on the bigger ice surface, I think that's the game they want to play. They want to be up in your grill and they want to be finishing every check and, um, you know, really, really trying to rattle you as much as possible. So... Um, I guess long story short is uh, getting those pucks through the crowd on net for the S Van Bruins and for the Bombers is laying the wood and and uh, and playing the physical style of hockey. Um, you, you agree with those assessments? Do you think? Yeah, yeah. When the Bombers are getting pucks in the corners and making the Bruins work, then it's been a different series. When the when the Bruins are not packing down, when they're making it difficult for the Bombers to get zone entry to make, not just throwing it blindly into the Estevan zone and, and just praying that you get there first, but having intelligent dump-ins. The Bruins, when they're at their best, they're so hard to get zone entry against. They're so, because they have so much hockey IQ, so much hockey sense in that Estevan locker room uh, that, you know, when they're, when it's really that battle at the Estevan blue line that is kind of, if you want to just stare at one element on the ice, one part on the ice, maybe just stare at the Estevan blue line. And that's big because if the Bombers turn the puck over quickly and easily, that's that falls what the Bruins want to do. They want to transition. They want to get out and skate. They want Mark Rumsey and Olivier Pouliot to have a little bit of time and space. You know, Cade Runke to have a little time and space. Uh, even Dayton Deeks, you know, we talk about Dayton Deeks. We don't talk about him enough. Nobody does. And a lot of the questions I've seen coming out is why doesn't Dayton Deeks have a D1 commit? And if I was a D1 school, I think he'd be a very nice guy to pick up at this point. Clearly, he's showed maturity on both sides of the puck for the Estevan Bruins to warrant, you know, to be able to play at that level. I certainly think he can. Um, so there's a lot of pieces. And so it'll be, you know, the game will go a lot with the games within the game in terms of how the game looks kind of if it's a bit of a, a little bit more end-to-end -end track meet some turnovers some mistakes then that kind of falls into the hands of the Bruins if it's a punch them up beat them up ground and pound type game then the Flint Flint Bombers maybe That's right. have the have that have that advantage so you know game seven's big moments always ask for heroes Jacob so I'm gonna ask you to pick a hero uh, for Estevan and for Flint Flint mm -hmm. that you think there's a, a good chance that will be coming out with that crown on his head after this game. Okay, uh, wow. Put me on the, uh, you're, you're taking uh, Rory's role. <laughs> he loves to, me. he loves to crush me with these. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the, the goaltender of the winning team is going to play a huge part in this. Um, both goalies have been great and whoever is the better goalie tonight is obviously going to, going to win. Um, I think I think Xavier Lapointe is is the best player on the Bombers, um, I, and I think if he's playing his game and he's he's an offensive weapon on on the power play and even even extra, uh, regular strength as well. Um, so I think, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe give him give him the nod with you know uh, uh, a runner up to 
obviously Jacob Bockler and, and Jaden Mercy have been terrific as well. Um, on the Estevan side, like I said, below us the Tendi. Um, but Eric Pierce has been unreal, and that team has been clicking when he's clicking. Um, and he can score at any time, and he plays, you know, the, the full rink in the defensive zone as well. So um, we, we saw a beautiful end-to-end -end goal to get them uh, on the score sheet in Game 5. Um, and I can see him doing something like that again. Um, I, I think I think he can be that guy for the Bruins. So I guess if we're talking game MVPs, maybe maybe an impactful goal. I'll, I'll take I'll take Lapointe with a with a I'll, I'll sprinkle some extra on uh, on Mercier, um, and then uh, and then Eric Pierce. Those are kind of those are you know not not a hot take by any means <laughs> on either of those picks. But may, sure. maybe you have something deeper down the lineup. Well, so I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, I think one thing that both coaches have done, and you have to, you have to, in this situation, is is play the horses you feel that are running. AKA, we're not exactly seeing two teams roll their bench. But you know, to be totally fair to both these coaches, they both they really really did roll their benches a ton throughout the regular season and in the playoffs. They gave ice time. To, to everybody and developed everybody. So that's one thing I, I really respect about Mike Reagan uh, for Flynn Flon and, and Jason Tatarnik for Estevan. They, you know, the, the Keegan Littles uh, and the Brandon Ambrosics and, you know, whatever for, for Estevan and, um, you know, even like a Matt Egan who kind of came in and, and a Gabe Shipper for most of the season wasn't, you know, the Gabe Shipper we're seeing right now. You know, again, he got, he got, he got ice time. Um, it, so these guys were rolling lines, really, where it really were. And so now is the time you kind of shorten and you got to go with the horses that are going. Right. Um, so, you know, to pick a, to pick an out-of-left-field kind of guy I don't think makes any sense right now. <laughs> uh, so fair, totally fair for, for by you, for Jacob. You know, uh, the, the guy that just when he has decided he's not going to be stopped... Uh, and when he, you know, he's six foot six and can can skate like the wind. <laughs> mm -hmm. Drew Kuzma has been absolutely insane this finals. So right. uh, for Flynn Flon, I'm gonna stick with the guy who's continuing the, the locomotion. I guess he's been he's been an absolute beast. You know, Jay, Mike Reagan doesn't throw things around very often. He really doesn't. I know. Uh, I you know I don't know him as well as some people do, but I, he's sitting in his office in Flynn Flon. He looked at all of us who were there and said, you know, Mike, I mean, uh, Drew Kuzma is going to play pro hockey. And he doesn't say things like that very often. Uh, he's a big, big boy. He can skate. He can score. He can shoot. He can take face-offs. You know, even in the games in Estevan, Drew Kuzma has been over 60% on the dot. So, you know, I love the face-off guys, the ones guys that win face-off. And Kuzma has been the best face-off guy in the series. So uh, I'm going to go with Kuzma. Uh, on the Estevan side, uh, you know, lots to lots to potentially kind of choose from, uh, but you know, I just think there's magic in the midst of Olivier Pouliot, and when game five he, winner. he's yeah game five winner, you know, when he's uh, you know when Estevan really needs a job done to score a big goal, move the puck, make a pass, make a play, you know. You said that just based on like sort of if we were to have there if this these teams were in NHL 22, mm -hmm. who would have the highest rating on Flynn Fawn? It would be Xavier Lapointe. 
who was yeah. the highest rating on Estevan, it would be Olivier Pouliot. Right. So your best players need to be your best players in the, the biggest games. Um, so I'm looking for Olivier to, to do that again. I think he was really bad, no disrespect intended, in Game 6. Um, I think a lot of Bruins struggled, you know, second and third period in Game 6. Right. Some people around Estevan had said that was the worst two periods of hockey that Estevan Bruins have played in a decade or something like that. Really, yeah. I was like, well, that's dramatic, but they were pretty disappointed. Uh, so I think, you know, the fire will be there for him. So, you know, it'll be interesting. All yeah. right, Jacob, since I'm going to do this to you since before you do it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to do it Prediction to Prediction time. Sure. Game seven. Who you got? You know what? We uh, we just passed through Weyburn. We just got through <laughs> Weyburn. And, and with all, all the Bombers fans, Bombers fed signs that say Moose Lake Curse, <laughs> my prediction is that the Moose Lake Curse is staying in Weyburn. Mm-hmm. Estevan is uh, is I think maybe too powerful of a team to uh, to take any curse on them at this point. So um, you know what I I, I think I said I, I think I said Estevan in seven a while ago. I think I said the home team keeps winning. Why why go away from it now? But either way, it's it's gonna be awesome. And as as a fan of the game. I don't know if I'm a fan first or a broadcaster first or what, what the correct term is. Um, I'm hoping for an overtime. I, I, I uh, want it to go overtime game seven. Could you imagine anything better than that? So prediction, I'll go 3-2 Esteban in overtime with uh, with Eric Pierce scoring, scoring the game-winning goal. And my corrections and my faith Stradamus um, is... Uh, <laughs> It's coming to life, is, is my it. prediction. What do you say? Yeah, that's funny. I had the exact same scoreline, exact same team winning. Yeah. Not in overtime, though. Uh, but they do talk about that race to three goals, right? That makes such a huge difference. Both of these goals are so good that they both can, you know, when they when they bear down, when they win, can, can keep a team to two or less. Yep. So, you know, I'm saying Estevan 3-2 in regulation. Uh, but as you said, we're all winners because the series has been sensational, been so dramatic and so entertaining, and so and the romantic inside of me, uh, you know, is just so fired up because this series has just had everything that we all love in hockey and junior hockey, and um, you know, I, I think it's fantastic. And I, I've said it here, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Both of these teams have a tremendous opportunity to be national champions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. At the Centennial Cup. So, you know, they both definitely desperately want to go into that as champions of the SJHL. Definitely. Because how do you, and my wife actually made this point, the, the juice you get from winning Game 7 and going into the Centennial has got to be huge. But then the question of how you respond and how you deal with the gut shot of losing this game right. and then going to the Centennial Cup... You yeah. know, it is also very interesting how you how you deal with that. I think it's almost it's definitely easier to win it. Obviously, going into the winter, it's not so. as easy to just figure out how to how to reload and refocus after losing this. So, right. Um, right. I thought that was an interesting point by her. But anyways, last last word. Do you have any extra thoughts, Jacob? Or we're we gonna wrap it up. No, let's let's wrap it up. Um, either way, it's gonna be fantastic tonight. It's gonna be must see, much watch hockey. Um, and you at home are able to watch that on Sastel Max, channel 48 and 348 on your TV screen or 
if you were one of the lucky ones to be able to get a ticket inside Affinity Place tonight. I know tickets sold out real quick and they've been tough to come by. We're in for a great one tonight. It's going to be awesome.